So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is Halloween Horror Nights 19, Part 1. I am Matt, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Quint. Hello. And just Quint tonight, because right now, as we speak, Karen is en route to Germany. She should literally be in the air right now, so she is not going to be available to discuss 2009 or Halloween Horror Nights 19, so we're going back to... Actually, how this all originally started, just the two of us talking, so shouldn't be just too difficult. The two of us. <laughs> I didn't you even think of that. Wow. You would have been the last person I thought of, or I would guess that would have thought of that reference. I don't know why. Just every time I hear just the two of us, that, that song hits me in the head, and yeah. I don't know why. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, that's why it hits you in the head, because it's not a good well, song. Yeah. So, all right. 2009. So go ahead, Quint. I believe you have the, I don't even know what we call these, the stats, the vitals, the numbers, the info. The numbers, the stats, the vitals, I do have these, okay. and I am bringing them up as we speak. Sorry, I had a minor glitch, <laughs> yeah, and then I forgot minor, to do all the yeah. other shit that I'm supposed to do, so yeah. Anyway, all right, what we've got here is, uh, it was named Halloween Horror Nights Ripped from the Silver Screen, which gives me a good idea of what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's The event phrase was, it's showtime. Universal Studios was the location. I think we mentioned that we don't actually go back to Islands of Adventure yet, uh, ever, ever again until this point anyway. Right, exactly. The dates were September, uh, September 25th, 26th, and then October 1st through the 4th, the 8th through the 11th, and then the 15th through the 18th, the 21st through the 25th, and then the 28th through November the 1st. It's non-peak nights, again, 6.30 to midnight, not much has changed in that respect. Peak nights up to, open till 2 a.m. Uh, they did still have that extended hours select opening at 5 p.m., so... You know, that's something that I don't think they do anymore. Um, even with that early, we, we talked about this last ep- or the episode before last, even with the, the early admission that they do now or, or, you know, letting you queue up, I, you don't get in much earlier. Yeah, I don't even know what time it is, actually, because I know the park closes at five and you are in that queue area for a considerable amount of time. And it's not like you're there. Mm-hmm. You go wait, get, start lining up at 430 and then they drop the rope at five that's not the case i never really paid attention to what time it is we'll probably be doing it again once or twice this year so i will forget yeah. to pay attention to it anyway so i don't know why i'm even saying that <laughs> uh gate admission did not go up this year we're still at 69.99 which is just even for that time is still just a good bang for buck oh yeah yes it really is even if you go um, if you're only even the, yeah any of the times like the uh even the 6 30 to midnight i mean that's what is that five and a half full hours that's still worth the 70 bucks for sure right no uh we're going to talk about the event guides and um the event guides are starting to go to already even though we're not officially there we're starting to get into kind of the the um licensed ip era now mm, yeah um the original you know the, the initial event guide had chucky the wolfman and the the saw character all you know, coming at you from through this, I don't know, screen sort of thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it's kind of a weird one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not the, the, I'm not a fan of this one. I don't know why to me, this one looks like it was, oh, not, not done very carefully. It, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It, it looks, I mean, I'm I'm saying this with knowing full well it's beyond my design capabilities, but it looks kind of amateurish to me. Is about the best word I can think of. 
It does. It looks like somebody's second or third time with Photoshop. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's not what we've come to expect from them, which is some really good artwork and usually original artwork because they they've been using their icons for so long and they you know, they look at their creative team gets to do some great really great stuff and this might be a representation of the creative team going, "What? But I uh this is prop this particular cover is probably a victim of having to go through many chains of approval because of the licensing. I would not doubt that. Yeah. It's like this, this the version one, not enough Wolfman version two Saul, uh, Billy from Saul is the wrong color, you know, and probably went on yeah. and on and on. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, um, it is what it is. Uh, the inside the map, uh, not a whole lot different. Um, it's, it's, we're running in a fairly standard map fair these days. It's, it, I mean, honestly, there's not a lot that they can do there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty cool, but, but you are beginning to see a lot more of the licensed icon stuff. I mean, we've got a lot of, of licensing going on this year, more, more so than any other year. I think that we've done yet. You know, just a thought just occurred to me that I never thought of in all these years, not just doing the show, but all the years of going to Halloween Horror Nights. And this would be an interview worth pursuing. Someone that has to do with the design of these. Because I wonder if they went through a kind of growing phase or a design phase where they made this accommodate the obvious dark, low lights situation that Halloween Horror Nights is. Because, now I'm not going to say the colors stick out out to me, but the drawing of the map as opposed to a daytime map at Universal, is very basic. It's just broad lines and very mute, mute colors. So I wonder if that was a, a part of evolution of being able to actually read the map with almost little to no light. Well, that's an interesting thought. I mean, I, I mean, my, my thought right away always goes to they, they really want the, um, the names of the mazes and the, the, the iconology from the mazes to really pop at you. So they kind of leave the rest of the color fairly muted, but That's, you make a good point. Well, you're making, you make a good point too. I could see either of those being the case or something completely or different. Cause combination we're of two. About. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how you want the positive side or a combination of two. And I'm thinking, oh, we're both stupid and wrong. Well, you're probably right. I was just, <laughs> you know, patting myself on the back a bit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, I really don't have anything else to say about those. Um, is there an icon this year? There is. And that actually and leads is, to, I was going to say there's a second cover to the event guide, which I I guess I don't have because I didn't scan it for you. But if you search um, HHN 19 event guide real quick, you'll see the second cover should be if you're getting the same Google results I am. It is the icon. And it is the Usher. So it's a name we've heard. We haven't gotten to the year yet until this year. Right. And that's what I was kind of getting to. Because, I mean, when I looked at it, it was like, oh, this is either the director or the Usher. Usher. And we haven't done the the Usher yet. So it's got to be the Usher. It is the Usher. Yeah. And his cover guide is just a, it's a, I think it's an actual photo of him. It's not an artist rendering uh, like we've seen in the past. Well, director wasn't either. That was kind of a, 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 there was a little bit of work done to it, but it was a photo. But it's a photo. It's of him with his light, a uh, flashlight, I should say, like the old, uh, ooh, I don't know how far back in, in a proper usher with a flashlight goes before my time. So we'll say 50, 40s, 50s, back when the, yeah. the silent movie era. And he's got his white gloves and he's pretty much approaching you to obviously take you somewhere and probably not good. I, I I don't know. He's got that whole shush finger going. Is too. it shush? Okay, I was uh, thinking it was a finger that was going to point at me, but I could see the shush as well, which would go uh, more into his story. So I'll go with that. It's. Uh, I like it. I like this one a lot better than I like the other uh, is, uh, cover. And I again, this didn't have to go through different. It probably went through a approval process, but it was Universal sure. Creative. It wasn't <laughs> you know fifty fifty uh, cooks in the soup type approval and I, I like the lighting effects too because it the the side that has the flashlight because the flashlight is beaming straight at you that side of his face is really dark and so you get this really cool dark eye light eye um you almost have like a flesh and, almost a flesh and bone thing it's it's skull-esque yeah, on the yeah. dark side it's not fully a skull but it's skull-esque with that deep eye socket shadow yeah it's very cool yeah. i like it 
Yeah, he's a cool look. His story is, uh, I think they kind of pulled it back from the amount of detail they put into Bloody Mary the year before. So his story is a little more basic, but it's it's a good story. And he's visually kind of a cool icon. And he actually lasted throughout the years. He he had his own stage show in 25. So he was, he he was a good design character. And I mean, just based on what I see on Twitter and, and all that stuff, sort of stuff, he was a well-loved character yeah. as well. Yep. Like, like there's a lot of people that are like ushers my thing when it comes to the Halloween Horror Nights icons. And it's like, okay, cool. He's in a lot of ways. I guess the argument could be made the real last icon, um, or at least the highlight. Or not the highlight. What's the word? The, uh, Bite your the tongue. A- yeah, I know. Well, I know. I was getting to it. That's why I said the argument could be made, but it necessarily isn't true. He's kind of the apex of it because he was. He had a name. He has a story. Um, he is an individual. Next year we get fear, which is still an individual, but then there's a l- really different history to him as opposed to all these other ones. And we'll get to that mm-hmm. in 20. And then it was kind of weird to shift from that. Uh, you have all the icons. They kind of culminate up to fear. And then all of a sudden we have another icon with Lady Luck, which again, we'll talk about, which I actually, I do. And I've said this before. I think she gets a bad rap. And I think it was because of her placement in line with these icons. I think she should have oh, yeah. come before fear because fear kind of ruins, not, not ruins. I, I don't mean that. Changes the ideas of the icons once he comes and goes, or the story, I should say, not the idea, obviously. But then again, they kind of just brushed that aside and put the icons back to the stories they belong to when they rolled around again for twenty five, which I was very happy about. Same, I, I, I I mean, we talked about the the fear uh, when we did we did some of the icon talks and went through the stories and stuff. So we talked about fear there, and I. I really like what they, I mean, we'll talk about this next episode. Let, let's just continue yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, we probably, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I don't want to go down this rat hole yeah. now because that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to talk about in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, for, um, did you want to list the uh, names of the houses and scare zones? Just to oh, set the yeah. stage? Um, so, we've got a lot of mazes this year. Um, eight mazes. We've got the Wolfman, uh, again, from the movie. Uh, Dracula Legacy in Blood. Again, I believe that's movie property. No, actually, I'm glad you asked that because, and we'll get to houses are going to be in the next episode. But just to give you a sense, this is something I've talked about for a, a very long time, oh. lit- literally years doing the show. This is the reimagining of uh, the, it's yeah. creative's chance to reimagine Dracula and Frankenstein this year. Excellent. Okay, so that's then I'm looking much more forward to that yeah. one. Um, <laughs> Uh, Frankenstein, like you just mentioned, creation of the damned. Um, one of the other ones that I'm looking forward to, leave it to Cleaver, (laughs) which, uh, just has so much rich history. Um, saw, which another, uh, IP, Mm -hmm. um, the spawning, which I'm kind of interested because both this and leave it to Cleaver are presented by Fangoria. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Which we're going to need to talk about for sure. I'm assuming. And then we get um, Chucky Friends Till the End mm-hmm. and Silver Screams, which I imagine is our icon maze. You're, yeah, you guessed correctly. Scare Zones. Uh, we've got, let's see, Apocalypse uh, City of Cannibals. Oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> um, War of the Living Dead. Containment. Lights, Camera, Haction. Horrorwood Drive, yes. And it's ha- Horrorwood Die-In. Oh, Horrorwood Die-In. Yeah. Ah. Oh, Drive. In. No, Die-In. Oh, I see it. Oh, clever. Clever. Uh, the, the the way they did it in the, the document I'm reading it from, they just kind of lightened the text a little bit so I didn't see it. Yeah, it's kind of like Mel's uh, die-in. It's without, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but with uh, a faded old road sign as opposed to uh, the uh, lights burn out. Right. So, uh, yeah, that covers it. I mean, that's a lot of scare zones. Yeah, that's, um, and, uh, six, right? that's six. And we'll talk about this in this episode when we get to the end of the scare zones. There was also a seventh the last week of Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, 19, oh, I yes. should say. Yeah. I heard about that. And this, this one will make sense. At, 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 on the, um, it's called Shadows from the Past. That actually probably kind of gives away what it's going to be. Uh, it's one of those things where you hear on the surface, it's like, oh, crap, I didn't get to see that. But then when you realize what it is and what year is to follow, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I, I see where that's going. Would have liked to seen it, but okay. Not, right. not, not Earth, uh, what's the word? It doesn't 
completely ruined my visit having not seen that one. Right. Now, um, we do have two shows again this yes. year. <laughs> Got the returning Rocky Horror Picture Show, a tribute, which which went many, many years. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. And we've also got, of course, Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. Of course, yes. Which has been a staple since the second one, and it doesn't look like they're ever going to give up on that one. No. <laughs> it was, what, who was I talking? It had to be someone from one of the other News Edge shows. We were talking about... Uh, the uh, possibility, or maybe I, actually, I don't know. That was even part of the conversation. I think I was listening to another show on news as they're talking about the the long, the often rumored Bill and Ted um, third movie, which is fine. I don't think that would affect Bill and Ted. The, the whatever rights Universal owns to those characters in any way, shape, or form for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I would actually like to see that movie. One to see the movie, and two, I can't even imagine what fun they would have with that incorporating how meta would they get <laughs> exactly right? yes so but that's not that didn't happen in 19 so i guess that's just conversation maybe we'll have one day all right so for this year for the experience before i even get into the story of this year this one is a um this one was a i don't want to say i didn't get to go as much this year this year you'll remember this this is if anyone even cares news of them this was the year part of that year or i should say the year and a half the 18 months I worked in Vegas, like weeks at a time, fell over this. So I barely went any weekday, if any. I don't even remember. And I missed a lot of weekends. So really, in the past five years in my Halloween Horror Nights history at this point, this will have been the least amount of times I had gone as opposed to the past five years. Obviously, when I first started going, I went once, twice, maybe two, three years later. But then after that, went quite often this year not so much so this one was one i did not get to go too much but on the other hand i wasn't all that upset about it not because of the year of the event itself but the those three ip properties that they were advertising around at the time these are three ip properties i didn't really care about i wouldn't say i dislike them i just don't care i certainly didn't care about the wolfman i don't know anyone that did except you Benicio care about Toro. them anymore no, I, was I, mean, gonna, I still don't care about them. <laughs> saw, saw, I saw. I didn't care about in the sense that I hadn't seen any at that point. I've seen them since then, and uh, they were fun. I actually binge watched maybe all of them in a day. That would be twelve hours. That'd be possible. I may have binge watched all of them in a day. Chucky was of the three the only ones that I was like familiar with. So like, okay, that'll be cool to see. At least I know what's going on. The other two, no idea, and didn't care. So. Missing a lot of that year as far as the marketing of it went, it didn't bother me. Missing it as an event, that was a different story. But Right. So, like we uh, just talked about, so the, these three movie franchises um, were the uh, uh, three movie tr- franchises were kind of the centerpiece for the, you know, the, the average Halloween Horror Nights goer. Chucky, uh, saw they use the uh, imagery of um, I think Billy is the character's name. I'm pretty sure it's it. I, I actually have in my notes. Saw one through five had been out. So wow, I didn't realize we we're that deep into Saw in 2009. Wow. Well, they were making really, them like every two months yeah, for a just, while. For some they? reason, I just feel 2009 is when it first started, but it, obviously not. So it must have been like much sooner than that. Okay. Uh, six would have come out during the event during the running of this event. It came out October twenty third, two thousand nine. So that was a tie in, and of course the remake of the Wolfman um, mm. that was supposed to have actually been out by then, but apparently it was pushed back to February of two thousand ten. That's I I think that I movie had problems. <laughs> I'm not going to get into any speculation, oh. but yeah, it's not a good movie. I'm sorry for anyone that's a fan of that movie. Yeah, I didn't see it, so I'm I would never really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. So since we have three really iconic characters that have nothing to do with each other, I mean we kinda had that before in seventeen with Leatherface, Jason, and Freddie, but you could actually see, at least maybe I could, you could see those three characters existing in the same world. I have trouble seeing these three characters exist in the same world. So Yeah, I, I- I mean, Wolfman and Chucky, I could go with just like they're just part diverse parts of in a giant universe. But when you throw Saw in there, Saw's doesn't seem to fit with any other world. Really, they're just when you get to the story, there are three really different stories. Wolfman is a, uh, I mean, it's it's a man that transforms into a wolf. That's a 
It's supernatural, a coming of age story, right? Supernatural thing, I guess you call it. Yeah. Chucky is a possessed doll, literally. And right. Billy, the image they're using from Saw, is just the doll of the madman behind the the Saw puzzle. So it's three very different worlds. Yeah. It's I, I, I mean, I, and then I get why they use like a, a theater thing to yes, tie them ex- together. You, that's, they, that's that the is the best a, way to do it. That is that is exactly where I'm going with this. That's how they tie it together. Instead of making a Jack kind of character that can step in and out of realities like he did for 17 and bring these three together that seemed like they could go together, they went with what, you know, pretty much the reality of it. They went with their movies and brought the character, the Usher, in and this whole movie theater theme to tie it all together which with these three characters is probably the best way to go i have i think so yeah i have no problem with that so for the usher let's get on with the usher story because i i know we did this in the icon story but that was that was that was prep for you for 25 that was two full years ago and two full events ago so you may need a refresher and anyone that hasn't heard that here's the story so the usher his real name his given name is julian browning and he was a usher at the Universal Palace Movie Theater. This is one of those elaborate movie theaters, big one screeners that was converted from an old playhouse. Julian loved movies. Absolutely a huge movie fan. This was his life. Apart from making or being in the movies, this was he was living his dream. He was particularly fond of horror movies. And he, being the big fan that he was of the subject, became... A, a literal expert on the subject. He was, <laughs> it's like I said, working his dream job in his kind of uh, dream setting. He was a pretty strict usher. He took no anything from anybody. No time for rude moviegoers. No time for talkers. No time for, uh, I can only imagine what this guy would do nowadays with the cell phone and the screaming kids that I have to sit through every time I go to the movies. I almost wish he was there, actually, for many of these. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so he took nothing from anybody. There was a re-release showing of his all-time favorite movie, and that was the Lon Chaney Senior version of The Phantom of the Opera. There was a moviegoer, a patron, that started talking during the film, and Julian immediately jumped on him, like like verbally, not physically yet. We're getting there. (laughs) Jumped on him to be quiet. This guy was an asshole, started fighting, and it actually came to fisticuffs, and there was a fight in the theater. One of Julian's trademark things we just talked about in the cover was his flashlight. In this scuffle, this melee, the patron ended up getting a hold of the flashlight, and he threw it at the screen, tearing a hole in it. This is like slapping someone's mama to Julian. You just right. wrecked the silver screen. He just went insane. His actually, this is interesting. I would figure the story would say that he went insane on the patron. He actually went insane on the, uh, not insane on, insane over the theater and the loss of his flashlight. So he just blindly dove backstage to retrieve the flashlight, kind of ignoring the area he was in, wasn't paying attention to his surroundings, ended up getting tripped up and tangled in some of the old playhouse curtain ropes, and ended up, unfortunately, getting strangled to death. Now, since then, as you can probably guess, as many of these stories pan out, there have been many mysterious deaths that happened in the Universal Palace Theater. Some of them say because the building is cursed. Moreover, people say it's because Julian is enacting revenge on rude patrons. Now, that's a story. Not as long as the um, last one we talked about, Bloody Mary. Not as quite as uh, maybe cohesive as uh, the Carnival of Carnage, which we also compared this to. But it sets the stage for what's going on. And when we get to the houses which we're not going to do in this episode, but we will. So I'll reiterate this point. When we get to the houses, there are there is, much like Bloody Mary, but not as long, there is a story behind each house. And they are just one word movie titles where it tells the story of a... It, it's It's written like a horror story, but it's actually one of the mysterious deaths that happened in the Universal Palace Theater. And those one word titles are Trapped, Insane, Missing, Electrocuted, Bloodless, savage, strangled, and severed. 
I know two of those you can pick right off top of your, your right off the bat where those are those are going. But I do also like that they limited it to one word because it really harkens back to I I, I narrowed it down to three things. One, it it ties in with the uh, IP icons they grabbed this year. We got Chucky, Saul, Wolfman, one word titles. Think of what all of horror and Halloween Horror Nights is built on. Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy. And then think of more modern examples, Hostel, Scream, Insidious. So those one-word titles are pretty poignant when it comes to the world of horror. And they've tied them into each story of these mysterious deaths that play out like a horror movie before you go into these houses. So that is the the story of this year's event. I think it's... Uh, again, I like this story. I think it's uh, such a nice stage as well as Bloody Mary without having to be as long as the Bloody Mary story we told last episode, last set of episodes. Yeah, it's um, and and I think it depends. I, I think it's it's all based on on how they treat the icon. The, mm-hmm. the short, simple stories can actually be just as effective as as the the longer, more intricate stories. And in fact, the the Bloody Mary one got a little too long and a little too intricate. And I almost lost interest by the time we were done describing <laughs> yeah. every last tie in. Right. Right. That is, that's a, if it wasn't, that's a thing too. It's like, I wouldn't have told that whole story in the manner I told it. If it didn't directly tie to something we were going to talk about this, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it just, it actually, it stops right before it would. It's like mysterious deaths probably caused by Julian. We'll get to the desk when we get to the houses. That's literally how this story is panning out. Yeah. And I like that. I like that sequence. But none of the stories tie into the scare zones, which is what we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, in this case, I have the, each one of these. I'm looking at the list has a uh, there's something worth talking about that I think is going to strike your interest in every regard. So I have no suggestions for first nor last this time around. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of go, I know where I want to start and then I'm just kind of going to meander my way so that, uh, we can end up. I know where I want to start and I know where I want to end. I'm just going to find a path. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Let's start with Cirque the Freak. Okay. That's actually a good one to start with because of all of these, this is the only one that's also based after a movie. This was based after right. the John C. Riley movie, Cirque the Freak, the Vampire's Assistant. Okay. So, um, and this was this was cool. Um, what I liked about this is that they kind of took. Well, you can see where the area is. We didn't mention that. This is over in the kids' zone area. It, it was where, if you had listened to eighteen, this is where the. Um, oh, it's the scary tales was magic the house. Was. What was no 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 no. Um, no, well, the magic show was in the building right behind. Yeah, it. what was the? Uh, oh man, oh, um, I have the map right uh, in front of me. Why am I not looking at it? It was the the uh, fractured tales. It was the scary yeah. tales accompanied house. It's actually a little more towards the center of that kids area, but it's in the same area. It's very if you know the kids area, and if you're a Halloween Horror Nights fan, you surely do. It's very open. It's it's not. It doesn't bottleneck you into a. Uh, in, into any kind of oval path. There's, there is no path to it. It's an open area. Yeah. And the, the curious thing about this one is that it, it actually blocks off two of the mazes. Like you have to go through a scare zone in order to get to Chucky or Silver Screams. Yes, it does. Yeah. Now, what I think right. when I say they kind of learned something from last year, they, they, they kind of, um, with, with this open area, I mean, as much as I love Fractured Tales, it was a makeup artist's dream. And I, I'm not a makeup artist, but I appreciate the effort that goes into it and the creativity of it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely appreciate it. I loved looking at it, but it wasn't like it was kind of just the characters walking around. This was set up like a traveling uh, carnival or, or actually it's not even a carnival, a traveling uh, freak show. Right. So you walked in and you had like the the string of um the the flags that were had seen better days. You had lan- hanging lights. You had some jack o' lantern lights as well. You had a uh, kind of light studded entryway, like an arch with some of the some of the lights. Either there were mismatched mitch, mismatched lights, and some were uh, burnt out or flickering. Uh, you had and what was really cool as you entered that right where you entered. And there is a there is a definitive entry, and there's a two kind of a two point exit. But the definitive entry, if you're looking at this, is when you walk into the kids area. That definitive entrance had a Barker sitting on a uh, a stool, kind of slightly raised, only only a, maybe a foot in the air, but he was behind a 
behind a fence so you couldn't um, mess with his his uh, his his stick because he did have a, a a a speech that kind of rotated. So there's a barker luring you in, much like a traveling uh, sideshow would. So and yeah. that was cool because then you walked in and you had platforms of performers. You had uh, sideshows. You had a a horse headed boy. You had a snake handler. You had this strange woman who was in a glass coffin surrounded by rats. If you've ever heard of her, oh nice. Yeah, so of course. Yeah. Um, they also had some stilt walkers. They had a stilt walker that was the tall man, which was I mean <laughs> that's kind of funny. I mean it's, it's yeah, how <laughs> would not be? So it it was it worked very well. Um, for this open area, it was almost like a courtyard. You were like walking into this. This carnival feeling sideshow thing. Other sideshows they had, they had a bearded lady, of course. They had a kind of like this gnome troll nose dude. I'm guessing this was something from Cirque de Freak because it's very a, a very specific sculpt. It's not like it was uh, it was a mess. It was something that had to have a certain look to it. So that's why I'm guessing. I've not seen Cirque de Freak or at least not all the way th- through. So I'm guessing it was a character pulled from that. I could be wrong, but I think it was based on how uh non-performer specific it was you know what i mean right it's like this had yeah. to be seen every night they had a um a, like a bug boy a bug face kid these are all names i'm making up of course <laughs> they had a spider handler this guy was cool this is a spider handler he had a little box that had a little cage and you his hand was under the cage but i think it was a false hand and his hand was the was a spider because he was moving the fingers and it would react to you know if people would touch to it the fingers would the I'm not the fingers the spider's legs would would move more or it was just kind of like looked like it was creeping towards you so I think the bottom of the of the box was a false hand and his hand was actually in there and it was a spider puppet one of those things that you know I look at and Ooh. yeah and try to analyze and and that's my guess could be wrong but I'm I'm something along those lines. Uh, of course, there was vampires because the movie was about vampires. They were uh, coming in and out. They weren't on stage. They weren't performing. They were the ones lurking in the shadows from behind right. that jumped out and scared you. Very cool use of the space. It seemed to have a much more, even though it was still open, a more cohesive feel than Fractured Tales had the year before. That's Yeah, that makes sense, though. I mean, Fractured Tales is inherently fractured. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So let's um let's move down the street and and let's go to Horrorwood. Okay, Horrorwood die-in. So this was a drive-in motif. That's why the side looks like it says drive-in. It was the moonlight drive-in. Uh the marquee had flashing lights with the arrow pointing to like you would on the roadside um with I don't know what if it had no, it did. It did. The marquee said horror film festival. So the marquee did say something on it, just not something specific. Uh, this had, this was, it had a big screen that would play um, horror, like really, really old horror movies that weren't the classics, at least that I never saw. They were the B, well, no, I think the heart, the, I, I consider that <laughs> I consider the universal horror movies a, maybe some people don't, but the, even past that, the even lower budget, actually once we're, once once Universal was built and the studio established and they started actually having budgets, these were the B-movie roles, the, the previews I saw, mixed in with those lobby things like the let's go to the, go to the lobby, blah, 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 they can get from archive.org. Those were mixed in there. And that was probably by design because once you hear that song, you can't help but stop and look. And then when you're not paying attention, that's when one of the characters runs out and gets you. Right. Yes. So... What I really liked about this that was I wouldn't say missing in Diane Double Feature in 25 because that space couldn't couldn't accommodate it. What I liked about this was that there was parked cars in front of the theater so it had that setup of places where you were forced to go down paths and there was there was different corners right. for characters to hide in. Yeah, so cool. Some more obstacles, some tighter, tighter corridors, things like that. Things that I that I've come to really appreciate in scare zones. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And this one was much like die, uh, die in double feature, but without being the double feature. It had a lot of the characters we saw that year as well. It had Reagan from The Exorcist. It had Norman Bates dressed as his mother. Frankenstein's monster. So it was it was that die in in twenty five was. 
literally, and and we had talked about this, was a sequel to this one. We just haven't gotten a chance to talk about this scare zone yet. So this is where that scare zone originated. There's one more piece of this. Uh, There was, like, apart from the characters moving in and out, there was, like, one little stand, little showcase, I guess you'd say. It was a facade of an entrance to an underground mine, and it had the bad guy from My Bloody Valentine 3D, which also opened that year. That was the only thing that was kind of, like, (laughs) always there in character-specific facade or backdrop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess that fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a it wasn't a bad addition. It wasn't obtrusive. It was to the side. If it was in the middle of all this stuff, that would have been a different story. But it was there. So I mean, that was. I don't know. It may have been a Universal movie or one of Universal's subsidiary. So that's you want to take advantage of your target audience. I get it. Right. Didn't bother me. So we're gonna take a little shortcut here. Um, and we're going to go through uh, uh, the, the tiny little park on the corner there just because I have to mention this. I saw this on the on the pamphlet and I ghost hunters was apparently a thing <laughs> at this time. And they had an autograph session going on in the middle of all of this uh, 7 to 8 30 p.m. and 9 30 to 11 p.m. Man, I can't can't imagine how much those guys must have needed cash to do this. <laughs> really? You think so? I don't know, man. Well, I guess it's 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 good. Um, it's definitely good publicity. But can you imagine having to stand there for for that many hours just signing autographs every night? Well, yeah. Think about it though this way: um, that show was on Sci-Fi, and Sci-Fi is an NBC property, and Universal owned NBC. Right, right, so, right, right. So it's a tie-in. I mean, it, it was. I mean, um, I could see where all this built from. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see where it built from it, and I'm sure that they got you know good money for it too. But what's weird is that I looked up real quick uh, October eighth, and this this might not be this just might be that guy that the particular guy that I scans night, but October eighth is a Thursday. That's a very odd night to do that. Yeah, that's that's really weird. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, uh, it was just uh, it was just <laughs> something that I caught on there. No, no, it's all, yeah. It was it was a good way to 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 bypass the, <laughs> I see where you're the going scare too. zone. And uh, and hit Apocalypse City of Cannibals. All right, this is this is in what has been since you and I have been going together our favorite scare zone, but like it's not our favorite area because it is just a teeny portion of it. Can you even imagine that scare zone being limited to what you're looking on that map? That's so tiny. I know it's so strange. Not I'm not saying they you know hit like an invisible wall and didn't go past that, but as far as the no, planning, no, that's it, where it was. Yeah, the planning and, and even your set pieces and things like that. Like, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's a really small, small amount. Yep. So the name is probably conjuring up exactly what it was in a sense. I mean, the name delivers on the promise. It, well, I, I mean, I say that, but I hate to harp on Steam, <laughs> Scary Tale Steampunk, but it didn't. So not all, it doesn't always deliver. This one delivered. This is the name is what you get, man. It is a and you would have loved this. This is a post-apocalyptic scare zone, and that I mean that in every. I'm saying that with a smile on my face. This awesome. I love this stuff. I mean, it's a great theme for this kind of thing. This city area, these blo- unfortunately, it's not the whole blocks, but I mean, you know the area. This is and that corner works yeah. well for it. This is before the. Um, is it? No, it's not before the, uh, I do, no, uh, Rockin', uh, what's it called? The Rip Rocket is actually running by now. Never mind, I was going to say, it's before that, the roller coaster zooms in and out, but that the roar and screams can only help, so that's actually probably a good thing. Uh, yeah. It has turned over cars, there's fires, there was, this is something they don't do, and I don't know why, I haven't seen it in a long time, and when I um, saw this, I was getting my notes together. I, w- I remembered it right away and went, wow, I've not seen that probably since 2009. The fire hydrant, apparently the fire hydrant they have in the road is not a facade. It works. They had that thing turned on and it was shooting up into the air. Oh, shit. Yeah. I have not seen that that I can think of any time that you and I went since this. I wonder if the fire marshal shut that shit down. Maybe, maybe. And we also, I mean, we have... Drought is not a word I considered in living in Florida until the past few years, so it might not have even been a water conservation thing at that time. I mean, we I don't know how bad it is in October, but if you do the numbers for the entire year, I mean, I think we're on the barely on the plus side of having enough water. So it may just be a right. conservation thing too. Yeah. 
Um, this had a tank. We've seen the tank back in the Walking Dead. Well, I say back, yep. but we're in 19, moving ahead to the walking, <laughs> walking Dead days. The school bus. You have to use the school bus. They bought the damn thing. It was here. This and is where the school bus it's was. It's cannibals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you want to hit the young tender flesh, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not too stringy. It's nice and mm, good. Yeah, nice and tender. So this is this was this was kind of cool too. Um, this also had oh, and it had the long school bus, but it also had the short bus, which has since been re slightly remodeled but repainted. And yeah. when I tell you what it is, you'll remember it is now or was when we last saw it the Shady Book transportation shuttle. Yep. yep. I remember. I, I knew exactly what you were talking about when you said repainted. I'm like, oh, yeah, Shady Brick used that. Yep. But that, at the time, it was the short school bus. Shit ton of fog in this one, of course. Very dark. Very dark. They had some really cool, non, did I say nondescript? That's a bad term to use. Not, uh, it was this very low, ominous music. I can't tell you if it was pulled from a soundtrack, is what I'm trying to say when I say nondescript sirens every once in a while going off out of nowhere now that's just the streets let me tell you about the characters or the characters i mean i know i already sold you on this by that description but the oh, char- yeah. characters this is what this was uh, again post-apocalyptic semi-mutated characters not full mutants but just semi-mutated kind of have the furrowed brow some of them some of them have um kind of like plaguish pockmarks so they actually saved the big one of that for another scare zone but Little different semi-mutated th- things that you can tell that who's the bad guys and then, and who's the good guys because they also had, I say the good guys, let's say the victims. They also had victims characters that were being chased to set the mood as you walked in. Guests were being chased, of course, but you had kind of this ongoing show. Van 55 is a perfect example of that. Actually, they they, no, they didn't do that so much in that um the the post apocalyptic one last year, but they've done it in another one. Oh, Shady Brook, that's a good example. Shady Brook in twenty five. Yeah. So there is just some were uh, uh, some some of the bad characters were chasing the the goods or the victims characters. Others were sitting in the middle of the street chewing on a limb, which it just is always a fun <laughs> thing to see. And those are the ones where it's like you know you you can't help but look and you're looking and you're looking and that's not where the scare is coming from. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great, another great zone. I mean, again, like uh, the the makeup. This isn't the most elaborate makeup. Um, the costumes. It's you put the bad guys in black and leather with some chains. You put the good guys or the prey. That's a better word for it. You put the prey in normal clothes. Tear them up a little bit. Put some blood on them. But for this setting, oh my god, it works. You know, that's all it needs to be for this. All right, <clears throat> so we're gonna uh, stumble through the War of the Living Dead. Okay, this was one that I really appreciated from a design standpoint as well. So this is a the story behind this. I'll tell you the story, and then I'll set the stage, or I'll, I'll tell you the story two sets of stage, I guess is a better way to say this, and then tell you about the scare zone itself. This, the story behind this is that it was an experimental reanimating agent that was released onto a battlefield the last few days of World War II. Okay. So we're talking zombie German soldiers roaming the streets. Nice. Yes. Yes. This also had and a tank. So oh, go ahead. Do they have that, that little war thing going on between the, the still living soldiers and the undead? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that is your... your uh, Awesome. Those are your characters. Yep. Um, this had a uh, kind of a tank as well. Not the tank, but a tank because they built it around the flamethrower that we have seen in other scare zones that we saw. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw it last year in the, uh, oh, what is that? Die or live or die. I live and let die. Whatever that one was called last year. I can never remember the name. Yes. Of it. Acid assault 2.0. That one. Right. That yeah. one. So, but, but this <laughs> is where a, that's a good way to describe <laughs> it. Cause that's kind of what it was. That was, that is not mine. I saw someone uh, describing that during the reviews last year. I don't know their name, but I didn't want to steal that directly. So, oh, okay. So, um, yeah. the, uh, that's where the flamethrower was. That that comes and goes throughout the years. Now the 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 zombies, the reanimated, were the German soldiers. So these were the um, those were the ones they were walking the streets. There was uh, this had you know where this is. Obviously, if we haven't described it, it's between, it's in Shrek Alley. It's yeah. Unfortunately, I think they don't use it now because of the whole no. ever since Transformers was built there. Well, I think ever since Transformers was built there, the the thing that they use for the Transformers or actors um, 
it has pushed into the street. I think it's just become too tight. Yeah, you might be right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So like they've got a lot of, of like bars for queuing and yeah, stuff like exactly. that set up there. And I think that all just makes it too tight for people to be to, to run into things and you know get <laughs> the, hurt. The queuing bars are a bit of a hazard if you run to your if you're going one yeah. direction and just bolt to the side and don't look where you're going. That could be a big part of it actually. Yeah. yeah, that's right. At crotch height. Anyway, you sorry to, to cut you off. No, no, it's all cool. It's good. Um, I mentioned, I wanted to mention where it was because they tend to reuse a lot of the, um, they don't directly use the decor. They re- repurpose it. They have a bombed out shelter, which was kind of the wrecked shed from the uh, Lizzie Warden one last year. They have those mm-hmm. tree planters. It's it's actually as far as the scenic part of it, it's kind of the same, just it's military instead of ancient England. But again, I mean, it's still it's it's that's oh, that's a good formula for a scare zone because you it ba- makes places that you have to twist and turn and places for characters to hide. I love the story of this one. I really like the zombie makeup. Maybe not the strongest scare zone in history, but one that I really liked. And yeah, no, it sounds really cool. One that I th- and a thing that I thought that was really kind of cool about this, historic wise, is that Dead Snow was released earlier that year. Is that a movie you've seen? Uh, I know me, you, and Smitty talked about seen, it. I have seen. I have seen some of it. I I, uh, I don't know when I started it, but I it was a, a series of circumstances was both like uh, I. It starts out really good and then it's really slow for a while, yeah. and it got. The slow part was just like dragging on and on, and then I had to go do something else, and I never picked it back up. No, yeah, and I understand that. But the you know what the premise of Dead Snow is? It's zombies oh, yeah. that were frozen. <laughs> World War II zombies that were frozen. So, and then released when, I forget, oh man, it's been so long, I forget what even releases them. This was not a Dead Snow scare zone, but it would not surprise me to find out if there was some inspiration from that. Like, someone saw the movie and thought this would be something worth pursuing for a scare zone i have no idea no one's ever told me that i've never read anyone being told that but the timing seems like that could be a possibility i say yes okay why not (laughs) and if quinn says yes that's all i need if quinn says yes then it is complete and utter sheer speculation (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that now that editing saving disclaimer (laughs) Uh, we're going to go from the War of the Living Dead into Containment. Containment. You would have loved this, I think, as well, um, aesthetically. Now, I had mentioned I almost I went a little, I, I was kind of mixing, uh, I think, um, visuals in my head there when I talked about the uh, the, um, the people that had the, uh, like, look like they were some kind of virus in the um, uh, apocalypse scare zone. So this was... Right. This is right as you walked in. This is this is if if yeah. well, I mean you could go down another one if you get on Hollywood Boulevard, but if you were to walk in and go straight, this is one you went to and this was designed to be the one you went to because the idea was an experimental bio nerve gas is released in the city streets and I don't here's the, here's the weird part of the story. I don't know what it was supposed to do. I don't know what they're expecting it to do, but it was basically melting <laughs> skin and flesh off of people bones their bones in a city so i really don't know what the original idea of this bio nerve gas was supposed to be but this is what was happening excellent so what was cool about this and i think why you would have liked this um aesthetically as you where the scare zone starts where you walk in they had a very well it has to be big because it covered the entire street this inflatable archway and like a kind of a tunnel, though it wasn't solid. It just was kind of held together with the inflatable, the inflated bars. But it was enough surface area to keep this fog that they were pumping into this tunnel, into the street, inside this, inside the arch. And there was a ton of green lights from the bottom. So it looked like a green fog, like a nice. bio nerve gas. Awesome. And it also blinded the hell out of you, which you could not right, see anything get to you until it was on top of you. And there were exactly like I described, characters with melting skin and flesh falling right off their face. It was pretty horrific. And again, I'm smiling as I say it, a very good way. <laughs> nice. So you go <clears throat> through the inflated fog. Actually, before you even got there, there was a barker. 
on a um, scaffolding, probably the reused scaffolding we see somewhere along the lines every year. And he was actually ab- absolutely positively warning you not to go in. He's telling the story of the scare zone, telling you what it's going to do to you. And once you go in, you cannot go out. It's just he's setting the stage for for what you're going to walk into. It, it Again, uh, there's city victims with uh, our city uh, uh the city population with the melted faces. Another cool thing was, is like they also had the, I don't know what you would call them. The, the first responder, not even first responders, but the, the science team in bio suits with the melted masks or the melted faces under their masks. So even the bio suits didn't protect them very much like nice. the, the wharf makeup of the deep sea diver last year. Right. It's like you already <clears throat> yeah. have the costume, but even beneath that, when you look inside the mask, there's more to see. So those that yeah. was the same kind of character design in a sense. Very cool. So this was one this is one that had almost two different experiences because when you walked in, if it was still daylight, I mean you could see the fog. The fog is the fog is you you just it's impossible to see. When you go in with that green light, even though it's just one color difference and the sun's down it actually made it a little more frightening in my opinion i wouldn't doubt it okay <clears throat> just the, the whole dark um anything in the dark is always a little more scary anyway and then that eerie green glow would have been just really cool because we saw that uh, last year like you were saying we saw that the way that they do tricks with the lights and the and the fog and that would have been i think that would have been just really creepy yeah but all right, so we're going to finish up with the um, what I'm assuming is the ushers uh, scare zone, which is lights, camera, hackathon, action, action. Yeah, um, let's see. Actually, it's not. Um, oh, okay. But I think it's better actually. Excellent. Because, and I'll tell you why. In my opening, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I'm not even going to try to build this up because you'll figure it out. So I'm going to blow the lead on it in the first sentence. This is the home of the chainsaw drill team excellent not only is it the home of the chainsaw drill team they have an entire story in this scare zone this year wow so okay. the idea behind lights camera action is that you are walking onto a hot movie set in fact as you walk by there are signs that say hot set in production and the movie that's in production is the chainsaw drill team massacre in 3d excellent yep so I watched that. What's going on is that the Chainsaw Drill Team is starring in their own movie, and the Chainsaw Drill Team, who take their jobs very seriously, and I'm not saying that tongue in cheek. I absolutely mean that. Ooh. Are living the part and kind of cross the line between filming a movie and just chainsawing the shit out of everybody, including the tech crew. And <laughs> this is such a great idea it's like it's so i don't want to say simple but it's like they didn't have to really design anything new they just took things that existed and then halloween horror nighted it and by that i mean they had sets that you would see on a movie set and you've probably seen more than uh, than i have at this point working with smitty out in in, uh, california there Uh like um they had things that you have probably seen. There was a a dolly track that was just a a half oval that went around some like equipment boxes, and on the dolly was half a torso. The top half was nowhere to be found. <laughs> it they had one of those. Uh, it was like a lighting rig, a uh, whole not even a rig, just this whole lighting setup where you have the lights pointed at a giant white infin- infinity screen almost. Well, the infinity screen was sawed right the hell through the half of it. Blood stains <laughs> everywhere. And it's, I mean, again, not, it's, it's something you recognize from a movie. They Halloween horror nighted it. Uh, there is all kinds of sets that were chainsawed piles of sandbags that had blood on them. There's a huge scissor lift as well, which you see not only, I mean, any, everyone would recognize these, not only in a movie set, but anywhere again, just yeah. with a, a dead body at the top of it and some blood and some <laughs> scarification on it. And of course, I mean, obviously you have, they had some production assistants going around who looked like they had just been sliced across the chest with a running chainsaw. So they were a little dazed. They were, they they had very good victims in this, but the the highlight, I mean, the stars of the movie and the set of the chainsaw drill team, absolutely brilliant scare zone. This was so awesome. I'm I'm so happy to have left this for last just be, and I had no idea how cool this was going (laughs) to be. 
Yeah, this would have been your favorite by far. Oh hell yeah! Day or night, I, this I, was I, an awesome like I said, I, I left it for last because based on the name, it was probably going to be like the Usher's Scare Zone, and no, no, it's better. Yeah, you must be pleasantly surprised by that. Hell yes. <laughs> And it's it's weird that I hadn't even been thinking that I hadn't heard anything about the Chainsaw Drill team yet. I, oh yeah, that, I seriously that's a miss yeah. on my part. Yep, that's kind of a miss on my part. This uh, well, okay, I've been drinking beer all weekend. It's <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. All right, that wraps up the scare zones, with the exception of the one that you have held in in check. Yeah. Okay. So this was uh, again. It, if- Probably figured it out from the name Seventh Scare Zone. It was the last weekend only. It was called Shadows from the Past. And it was the last weekend of the event. And it was a preview of 2010, kind of mm, just a preview okay. of 2010 in general, which was the 20th anniversary. Uh, it's Halloween right. Nights 20. This was in the back lot. You know where this is. It was, uh, it's the, um, I call it the back lot. That's not the right name. What the heck is it? It's the area where the, um, you certainly know it from the Lady Lester, Lady Lux were. It's back in the Nazermans area. The uh, kind of oh, yeah. like the alleyways. It looks like you shouldn't walk through it, but you're absolutely free to walk through it. You know what I mean? It almost yeah, looks yeah, like, yeah. It almost I, looks like a backstage called, area, um, but it's not. Delancey Street could be. Could be. I don't even know its proper name. It's like one of those things. It's like or Park Ave. Yeah, one of the two. I, I've yeah. I forced myself to walk through it because I know I am allowed to walk through it, and I still felt like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. I feel like I'm sneaking in somewhere. Yeah. And I've been going to this park for twenty freaking years. <laughs> it's really weird, <laughs> but that's where it was. Yep. And it had it. It was it was it was a just a, a um, icon scare zone from the past years. And they had the caretaker, okay, the director. They had Eddie, even though he's never yeah. been an official one. They had the Terra Queen, which is interesting because she That's was. Cool. They didn't remove her. They just removed her from marketing. She was a part of that year. Uh, Jack the Clown, of course. And this was just like I I I don't I. I know I didn't go through this. I like peeked in because once word got out of this, it was packed. And you know that area. I, we just described right. it. It's not. It's tiny. Yeah, it's tiny. So it was It was just a, I mean, not just a, I shouldn't say that. It was a kind of a celebratory close to 19 and get everyone psyched for 20. And it was basically just a, again, I keep saying basically, I don't mean to demean it. It was a photo op scare zone for many people. There's just people yeah, yeah. walking real tight, stop taking pictures, moving on, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, it was it was a good way to let them know that we are going we we are well aware next year is a milestone anniversary. We will be celebrating it. Here's a little taste of some people you're going to see again next year. And we were well into the selfie era at this point. Oh god, yeah, I mean, t- yeah, yeah. 2009 was was like the the selfie era was here. Definitely cameras, right. good good cameras and cell phones too. So it was a lot more cameras. Ooh, on hand let's, let's not let's not go that far i mean this was the days of like the the 3gs right was it 2009 yeah see now that's this yeah. is the downfall where i get <laughs> this is where i hate being old and years blend together i'm sitting there saying there's no way saw was out in 2009 i'm like oh saw one through five was out so now i'm like well i can't imagine that there was good cameras in 2009 but i was wrong about saw so there must have been good cameras in 2009 no there wasn't good cameras in 2009 so <laughs> Damn it! I mean, they were getting okay, but they were still they were still pretty bad. Let's say this. Okay, is it better to say there were cameras so people were taking pictures? They just might not have been good pictures. Right. Okay. Everybody had a camera. Okay, that's what I. That's maybe what I was trying to say. I'm going to say that's what I was trying to say. It sounds only slightly better. Good story. I would stick with it, man. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh. I think we can probably wrap this one up. That is, yeah, that's it. We're we're gonna end at the scare zones, and that was the scare zone. So, uh, our next episode, we're gonna dive into the uh, all the, the the houses and the mazes and the stories behind them that we kind of alluded alluded to. And of course, we'll get to the show. Well, we get to Bill and Ted. I mean, Rocky Horror we described already. If if you if you're just tuning in and you've never seen the Rocky Horror tribute. The filming was allowed, so there are some great shots of it online. So check it out if you're a Rocky Horror fan. It always had fantastic performers in that. All right, so with that, we'll close this out. We'll be back with part two. We'll finish up Halloween Horror Nights 19 from 2009. So until then, I will say thank you for listening. Thank you, Quint, for joining me. This feels like I went back in time two years ago. (laughs) You are more than welcome. All right, so again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you in that next episode. 
Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.